Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Vocal Revolution. This is where we talk about the power of our voices to change the world personally and collectively. And I just want to thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are watching or listening today. I really appreciate you spending your time with us and it's going to be time really well spent, especially if you've ever had any questions about public speaking. Because research shows that public speaking is our number one fear that's actually above death and <laughs> incredible. And uh, my very special guest today, Elaine Powell, is perfectly positioned to tell us about how we can create a positive mindset and overcome some of those very powerful fears. She's an amazing dynamic speaker who has got this incredible ability to connect and inspire and engage audiences, leaving them feeling that anything is possible. As the CEO of MindSpeak Academy, she's dedicated to equipping individuals and organizations with the mindset and skills that they need to be masterful in their presentation, storytelling and leadership. Over the last 12 years, Elaine has spoken at 120 events. She's trained 30,000 people, delivered over 600 workshops in the art of peak performance and public speaking. She's also curated a TEDx event in London for three years, and she's a mentor for the Cherie Blair Foundation. So thank you so much, Elaine. We're so lucky to have you here today. Thank you so much for, as we, everyone can hear, you're extremely busy. So we're really grateful for you to share your time with us. Thank you. Thank you, you, Katie, for inviting me to share with your audience. I feel very privileged to have been asked. Oh, it's just an honour. And I mean, I've had the pleasure of coming to some of your workshops and programmes and been extremely enriched. And I know everyone listening is going to be by your amazing wisdom and insights that you share and your commitment to helping people feel confident and speak from their truth. So... And I know you've had an amazing journey yourself to get to that place. So I wondered if you'd like to share a bit about your story. Uh, what what got you to this place of, of, of empowering people with their voices and how did you find yours? Yeah, wow. Uh, where do I start with that's relevant <laughs> to the audience? Um, so I think what's relevant was uh, uh, it was around 2005. I was very restless in the work I was doing. I was working with young offenders with behaviour um, issues and I loved working there uh, I really loved about mindset we did a lot of uh, cognitive behavior therapy and just really working on improving their mindset so that was kind of my love started was partly there but I went traveling around the world for a whole year went to 18 countries and then when I came back it really just wasn't enough for me I, I wanted to be my own boss I wanted to say when I wanted to say where but I really didn't know what I was going to do next. Something where I didn't have to study for five or six years to become a psychologist. So I just went in the search of uh, what should I do next? And I remember I was looking at network marketing and I went to a, an, an event and it was about personal development, which I really, really love personal development. And I always think everyone should you know, uh, embrace it as much as they can in their life. And I remember the gentleman at the front of the room, not only was he dashing, which uh, was a benefit, 
But I just felt so inspired with everything he was sharing. And I sat there and I thought, oh my gosh, I want to do that. I want to be at the front of the room. Never, never spoken before publicly. And I spoke to him afterwards and I joined. And within about two weeks, I was delivering at the front of the room. Wow. Scary, but I, it, was, it was only until about 25, 30 people. So it wasn't too bad. Uh, and then at some point he came to me, I think it was like five weeks later. And he said, Elaine, we love your enthusiasm but we're just finding that when you present, we're not having as many people sign up. And I felt devastated. I just felt, oh my gosh, let me stop now. And I really was going to stop. And they said, no, no, no. Just learn how to deliver. Just go and get some training. And I thought, okay. And so he guided me to Toastmasters. And I went to my local Toastmasters, which is an amateur speaking club around the world, and wet my feet there. And that was my first dive into learning how to do public speaking. And I really do believe that when you set out on a path and you have an intention, life will put people, situations, circumstances in your way to help you along the path. And so I went to lunch with a a new acquaintance and he told me about a charity that goes into schools doing public speaking. So Katie, I was like, oh my gosh, I obviously I've worked with young offenders I love public speaking and I was winning Toastmaster competitions. So I'm like, oh, what an amazing fit. Plus, I think in one day I was earning more than I did in a whole week. <laughs> so wow. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> so I jumped into <laughs> delivering public speaking school, public speaking in schools for uh, 15-year-olds, which is a really great age <laughs> to train. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, I did that for a few years and then I kind of went into a bit of a, a, you know, a challenging time where the work started to dry up. And I think that's what happens when you rely on somebody else to give you work, especially as an associate trainer. So I put myself in a very vulnerable situation where I hadn't created my own work. And then I found that I couldn't have finances. Uh, Sorry, I, I couldn't pay my mortgage. So it was affecting my finances. Then I found out that I couldn't have children. And then that was just a real tailspin for me for about six months, feeling really, really depressed, just wanted to kind of give up on life generally. Um, and I'm really glad I went through it, Katie, because I never really had that much empathy for people who were finding it hard to deal with life. I was always like, come on, sort yourself out. Don't worry. You know, things will change. And I can see that when sometimes you're in that dark space, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though you know it's there, you can't see it. So, um, yeah, it it took me a a little while to come out of that. But I did a personal development course, which was a game changer for me. I took responsibility for my life fully, for everything that happened and everything that I wanted to happen in the future. And then... I went out and started creating my own work and hence 20,000 people, TEDx, TEDx curator. Um, yeah. And, and my mind speak Academy and just haven't looked back, but I think taking full responsibility that, and it was a hard pill to swallow. If I've created this life right now, I, I cried for a little while. Oh, no, I created this life. I don't like it so much. And it's like, okay, you're that powerful if you can take full responsibility, so what do you want to create? You're a creator. You've created this to go and create something else. And that's what I did. 
Amazing, amazing, amazing. Wow, already so many uh, poles of wisdom in there and insight. Thank you for sharing your story so generously and giving us that uh, that background of, of how you transformed and transforming through the power of your own creativity and um, and that you gained through your own struggles, empathy with others, uh, which is so important, isn't it? Especially if we're training training people and we have to be sensitive to the fact that we all go through our trials and tribulations and that they can be a source of great creativity for us when we're given, when we find the right tools. And as you say, when we get the responsibility to, we take that responsibility to create something new. Mm. And um, speaking of that empathy for others, like you've probably witnessed some incredible transformations in people. It sounds like of all ages, whether it's young people or adults training with you. Uh, do you have some of your favorite stories of, of transformation of pe- that you've seen that you'd like to share? I'm sure there's many, but just what are your a favorite few? <laughs> yeah. So one was, uh, was with a young person and uh, the workshops are like an all day workshop, year 10, there was around 25 young people in the workshop and I, ha- you know, I have them all today. And the intention is for them to deliver a two minute speech at the end of the workshop without any notes. So I started the day and throughout the day, they stand up, whether individually or in groups to, to speak, you know, impromptu and various things. And there was this young boy. And every time I asked him to speak, he like refused. And one was just like a simple introduction and then on the second session, he was crying mm. and he, he ran out of the room. And then I, I went out and had a word with him. And, but he didn't open up to me. And then at lunchtime, he came to me and he said, I'm finding this really hard. I had a stutter, I've had a stutter. And ever since, you know, going to school, I've always been bullied. And I just find it really embarrassing. And I just find really, it really vulnerable. So obviously, you know, I consoled him and I said, look, at the end of the day, if you don't want to deliver your speech, that's fine. Just stay in the workshop. You're going to learn so much. And if at the end of the time you you feel that you can deliver it, then go for it. And he's like, okay. So he came back and everyone near the last hour of the session was going up individually and sharing their, their story, sharing their story. And I was looking at him and he was like, it's fine. It's fine. And then we came to like the last three people and then he put his hand up and I thought, oh my gosh. And then he walked to the front of the room. He had his book in his hand, which I don't usually allow notes, but I thought I'm not going to say anything. And he took his book and he threw it to the side of the room and he said, enough is enough. And then he told his story about how he'd, you know, he's been bullied his whole life and he's not putting up with it anymore. He has a voice and he has things to say. And then he shared a story of a, a pilot in the air force who uh, had gone through trials and tribulations and he didn't give up either. And so that I was, I felt like a Katie, I felt like a proud mother. I was clucking at the side of the room. Oh, I, <laughs> I was definitely crying. I was definitely crying. And so many of the, the his, um, his school peers were crying as well. And it was just so much support for him, but I was just so proud. Wow. Wow, that's an amazing story, an amazing story. And, you know, that's something, you know, there's some really key kind of archetypal moments that I think probably many of us can relate to in that story. Uh, You know, that that 
kind of transformation of going from feeling very, very fearful and that we've had genuine trials and traumas that have caused us to become fearful. But there's this moment of decision, isn't there, where if we stay in the room um, and we stay with it and we rather than running from it, um, we get to the point where we just go, right, I'm just going to throw away my my safety net and just do this and just do this. Um, yeah. And, and having the right support, you obviously gave him that right support and that very encouraging, non-pressurized um, environment for him to learn and to grow and to, and to find his greatness in that moment, which is incredible. Yeah. And then the next year he went on to be head boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not a bit of icing on the cake. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, I have, I have like adult stories as well. You know, um, I don't know if you want me to tell you another one, like an Go adult on. one. Yeah, I'd love, yes, please. So this was, um, she wasn't really, I, I mean, now I predominantly work with business owners and entrepreneurs and speakers, but I still go into the corporate space and I do workshops. But this, uh, this woman came to me sort of individually and she was a teacher and really ambitious teacher. And every time she was in the senior, well, she wasn't, it wasn't, it was like a, a staff meeting or her, she was in um, she primary school, you know, her year meeting when she was due to stand up and deliver, she would always refuse. She would literally cry and just, she just couldn't do it. So we worked sort of one-to-one on our, on her confidence, on her mindset, and then obviously on a presentation and then I remember she rang me up and she was crying because she stood up and she delivered uh, a presentation just in that team meeting. And because for her, she kept on seeing people pass over her in terms of going into the senior leadership because she wasn't able to speak up and speak out. Mm. And that's, that's important if you want to be, you know, in the senior leadership team or you want to be a deputy head, you have to stand up and speak at assemblies to teams. So it was really important to her that she sort of, work through this uh, and then when she rang me up and she was crying because she, she she did it and after that she just flew now she's a deputy head of a primary school here in London so yeah I think it's, it, it's in a way it's just helping people like the gentle you can do it you can do it and just giving them some skill set because they do say you know success is 80% mindset and only 20% skills and I say, I can teach you skills super, super easy. It's really easy. It's actually quite easy also to write a presentation. Yes. But the delivering it, you have to get past this. And this is the thing that holds people back. Yes. It's those very powerful fears that people, that we have, isn't it? And what yeah. would you say are some of the, yeah, talking of those inhibitions, what do you think are some of the the most um, inhibiting or do you, you must see them come up time and time again these stories that we tell ourselves isn't it um what do you see inhibiting people and how what are your tips for getting over those yeah so one that comes up again and again is obviously confidence they don't feel confident in themselves or their ability or engage in an audience um and I would say confidence is a, is a strange one because for me, it's, it's not a skill, it's a way of being. Mm. And, you know, I do ask people, you know, who feels that they're not confident and people put their hands up and I say, okay, put your, keep your hands up if you're not confident at home or with your friends. And obviously they put their hands down. That's like, okay, so you want to get first and foremost, you are confident. 
It's just possibly when you put yourself in certain situations, you're not confident. That's okay. I'm not confident bungee jumping because I haven't done it. But I'm confident skydiving because I've done it a few times, but I wasn't comfortable the first time. So I think um, having people recognize it, it's actually okay to not feel confident when you're doing something for the first time. It's the first time or maybe the second or the third. But uh, I would say, you know, public speaking is a, what we call the on the court sport. Just like playing tennis, you will never get be- better at tennis until you do it. Yes. And it's in the playing the tennis where you'll learn, oh, that doesn't work. You know, I can't, you know, to, in order to do a, you know, forearm or what have you, I have to have the racket here. You, you have to have feedback on what to do and how to position it. And it's the same with public speaking. So, you know, the, my first couple of times when I was at Toastmasters, they count your ums and ers. And my first one, I had 50, Katie. <laughs> that says every other word was um, uh, uh, um, because I wasn't confident and I was very nervous. And my, I was speaking actually way too fast because my heart was pumping. But look at me now. <laughs> yes. And that's just because I, I've done it again and again. I've trained. I think that's a big thing people don't do. They they don't train themselves in it's an art form yes. and I really want to re-educate people it's just like being an actor you wouldn't just go and deliver a play and you haven't been trained most people don't and it's the same with public speaking but time and time again I see that people just going out speaking because they can speak just because you speak doesn't make you make you a speaker um, so I think knowing that it's okay to not feel confident, but not to entertain that thought. Because the more you say it, the more your body's going to react to, I'm not confident, you're, you're hunch over, because your body's listening to your voice, your words, you know, um, your mind's listening to it. Um, and it, it's just really listening to your language, you're saying to yourself, I'm, you know, I'm a big one about language, how it creates our whole reality. And change the word. Don't say I'm not confident say um i'm gonna gain uh mastery in this skill okay well mastery takes time and it takes practice so that's what that's one of the first ones that comes up i'll give you a little break just in case you want to jump in oh well that's that's a lot of insight there yeah and you i think you're right confidence is so um primal and per people's sense of it and i think one big breakthrough i had around it was when i realized that when you take the latin word apart it just means with faith and so it doesn't mean that you know everything it doesn't mean you've got everything stitched up it just means that you go into a situation with faith that you can mm-hmm. get something good from it so mm-hmm. it's it's actually having the faith to go into the unknown and to and to try something new as you say and to allow yourself the learning process of that um and that really helped me phenomenally around confidence and realizing that it's just having faith, have faith in yourself, have faith in the process, wherever you are, as you say, and to allow yourself to be where you are in the process. If you're just at the beginning, then you, you have to have that faith. Well, I'm going to learn. I, I give myself permission to learn. Of course, I will make mistakes along the way. That's the any learning process. But um, yeah, that's a valuable process, isn't it? And having faith in ourselves. Um, and I can see that you're really helping people do that. You're giving them both the skills and the training, but also that really important mindset work, as you say, of unpackaging this, this crazy stuff that can go on in a, between our ears. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and you said, you know, something really important, which is what leads into the kind of question in their confidence. And, uh, you know, I'll just finish off with that, what, something else that sprung to mind that I, I feel that as human beings, the, the, the growth is actually in the stretch. So coming outside your comfort zone, trying something new, speaking to a bigger audience, it's not going to feel comfortable. And our job is to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And when you can be comfortable being uncomfortable is part of that growth and expansion. It's normal that you're going to feel a bit, oh, and then you'll find your feet. But also, which ties into the second thing I was going to say is that fear of failure really, really keeps people not doing it or or being reluctant to do it the fear of not looking good or looking bad or rejection from the audience all of that comes up with what if it's not perfect which is another one that comes up as third one perfectionism yes yes absolutely and yeah and sometimes people have had painful experiences of being rejected or you know and I think we have a very primal instinct that says stay in the tribe, don't put your head up, you know, you know, stay, stay down <laughs> uh, because it might be dangerous if you do. So you have to sometimes, as you say, go against that kind of self-protective instinct. And actually, as you say, go into out of the comfort zone and realize that actually you can be comfortable there and that whatever happens in that space, you can use it and alchemize it and catalyze it and however it goes, you know, and that's giving, again, having that faith that we can. And I can see you're setting people up to also to succeed, to succeed. But I guess it's how people, how we define success, isn't it, as well? Yes, yes. And and with regards to the, the fear of failure, as you said, it's that it, it's a tribal, it's most probably, you know, a very uh, DNA from way back. But if you think about it, usually you're the only one on the stage and then you've got everybody looking at you, all the attention is on you. So it might be sort of the, I have heard people say, I haven't researched it too much, but it's that uh, the amygdala kicking in, like the survival, mm-hmm. you're in danger, you're very vulnerable, you have no cover to duck under. And so that I think that can kick in with people and that's where the heart starts pounding, the mouth goes dry and, and the adrenaline's pumping through their body. Um, but in terms of when, like, if you practice, that's fine. But I think there's, there's a big thing for me about letting go. Mm. Um, I, I can talk about that a bit later because I know we're talking about confidence and fear of failure and perfectionism. Uh, but the, the fear of failure is, is to knowing that whatever comes up, you actually will be able to do, you'll be able to deal with it. You really will. Even if it's Q&A and someone asks you a question, that you don't know the answer to if you're not trying to look good or not trying to look bad you'll you'll just say in the moment it's really about i i i want to get onto the whole letting go listening to that internal guide that will tell you actually i don't know the answer to that question great question come see me afterwards and i'll find the answer for you it's just in that moment just being okay with not being perfect not knowing everything how can you know everything Yes, we put so much Some pressure people, on ourselves, don't yeah. we? Yeah, I don't know everything there is to know about public speaking. I feel like I still only know a fraction. There's still so, like, you know, same with singing. There's so much to still discover and learn. So I feel that fear of failure and perfectionism are kind of the the killers of people 
stepping forward. So once again, you can let let it go. You're not not that you're not perfect because everyone's perfect, but I don't know if anyone has ever delivered a perfect presentation. It might seem like that to you, but to us, you know, the professional speakers, I'm always doing something that doesn't work. <laughs> not all, sometimes the audience will know it, and sometimes I'll just know it. Mm. But I've even like forgotten where I was. And I like, what was I saying? And they go, oh, okay. Like I don't make it a big thing that I'm a mm. human being and I'm not perfect. Yes. And, and I think you know, and relate to that, don't they? Yeah. The audience is a reflection of you. So that's a big writer down. And for anyone who's listening, the audience is a reflection of you. So if you clam up, if you get all panicky because the slide's not working or you've forgotten the next thing, the audience is going to feel it consciously and unconsciously because that's it's all energy exchange. So I've just, I'm super, super playful. That's kind of my go-to, high energy and really playful. If I make a mistake, I'm the first person to laugh at myself if, you know, if, if it's an obvious one. And guess what? That gives the audience the permission to do. Yeah, Laugh out loud because they're laughing internally. Yes. <laughs> I just give them the permission to do it out loud. Join me. Join me having a laugh. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think everyone loves that. I think everyone loves it when you, that's authenticity as well, isn't it? Because, you know, as you say, we're all human and actually, I mean, and that's why we see, I mean, how many hits do blooper videos get? They get masses of hits, don't they? Because everyone loves seeing the humanity of people, not in a cruel way, not because we really want to laugh at each other in a cruel way, but just because it's our shared humanity and everybody makes a blooper. And actually sometimes bloopers, I've noticed anyway, or mistakes, sometimes they can lead you off on another tangent or they can make a connection with an audience that wasn't there perhaps, or they break the ice or something happens in that moment if you use it well it can be a real moment of actually really connecting with everyone in the room and having a laugh as you say um so that's just yeah it's yes it's finding it's being okay with it isn't it it's really exactly i i've totally let go i let go when i present um it's a bit of a surrender thing yeah and say more about that because that sounds that's for me a very magical part I, I think of any kind of performance and I, I relate to it from a singing point of view I feel like when I'm really singing I have let go I'm surrendered I'm almost being sung rather than I am singing if that makes sense I and, love that yeah. I haven't heard that before being sung <laughs> Yeah. And I love that feeling when I feel like music is coming through me rather than it's all about me. If I think all it's all about me, then that's really just, I'm going to get really scared again. And those are all very self-fixated thoughts that we can go into. But if I let go and go, this is about music throwing through me. And as you say, that energetic exchange with the audience and really being in the moment and going this, I have no idea how this will go. Um, I'm just going to be here with what I've got and see what happens <laughs> and let yeah. the experience come through me and let's play. Let's have an adventure together. Um, then, yeah, magic can happen. But what are your tips for helping people to do that, to let go or what helps you get in that flow space? Yeah, so I have a couple of sort of uh, techniques I use. The one that a lot of people use is breathing. Mm. And I find that even, even outside of speaking, if my head is going really, is really busy and, you know, it's 5 p.m., it's traffic time in my head, just deep breathing helps me to quieten my mind because now I'm focusing on my body, I'm focusing on my deep breathing, and you just naturally find 
your thoughts start to really quieten down and simmer down. Uh, so that that's one thing uh, I really do. And when I when I'm in that really calm space, the letting go is just trusting that all is well. An, an example of that will be a few weeks. I think it was about a month ago. I found that I was getting quite stressed, and I wasn't consciously aware of it. But suddenly, I was gritting my teeth. Yeah. Suddenly, my teeth were grit gritted, and I was like, ah. And then I release. And then suddenly I, I noticed that they were gritted and then I released. So obviously I was feeling stressed about something that I created. Uh, and then I just thought, why, why, am I, why am I stressed? Why am I trying to control everything where there's only a small percentage of things in the world that I actually can control? And they're all usually over here. And even some of these I can't really control. They're just working for me. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, I'm very spiritual uh, I believe in God. I won't, I won't say I'm like a, you know, practicing, practicing Christian, but I believe in the universe and God and energy and, and source and all of that. And I thought, why am I fighting against myself? Why am I? And I, I obviously I talk to a lot of people about public speaking and mindset. And I obviously talk about mindset as well. And I thought, my gosh, we seem to be the only only thing on the earth that fights against itself. I don't see animals fighting against themselves internally, you know, like, oh, love, you know, the lion, the deer ran off. Oh, I'm a failure, love. I'm a failure. <laughs> I know, go, go and get the deer tomorrow, doll. You know, it's like, no. They just like, they didn't catch the deer. Okay, next, tomorrow, again and again. I, I know it's like, it might be obvious, but trees and plants, they do not fight against themselves. Why are, we, why are we the same only species who fights about against ourselves in, in our minds? Mm. And I'm not saying that we should be a, a Buddhist monk um, at the side of the road, but there's definitely something in that that they're able to ignite that inner peace. And from that inner peace, you quieten the mind. You can literally hear life guiding you. Mm. It's that intuition. It's the knocking. It's saying, do this next, go here next, speak to this person. But you can't if this is like, la, 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 me, 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 me. So, uh, you know, I just remembered I, I need to surrender and just trust. Trust life is always for me in all areas of my life, even when it doesn't seem like it is. Mm. It is because there's a, a valuable lesson I needed to learn. That's why I'm going through what I'm going through. So I always see it as a blessing when I go through things and to trust that all is well, life's got my back and just listen and row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. <laughs> I don't even heard me sing that nursery rhyme because it's such a great nursery rhyme. You know, <laughs> row your boat gently, not hold on to the side of the banks. Don't just try and swim upstream. <laughs> go gently down the stream. Like life, life is gently down the stream, but we choose to have this internal battle, which then goes out and affects other people. Yes. Because what's going on inside of us. So I think the letting go, how it relates to public speaking is, you know, when I've done my prep and uh, practiced, if I need to practice, as soon as I, and I do another technique as well, but as soon as I'm like showtime, this, like you in the singing, I disappear. My, I don't go inside my head very much to have too many thoughts about myself. And that's the challenge that people do. They, they, not that they're narcissists, but you know, we, think, we think about ourselves while we're talking to other people. <laughs> so, yes. No. 
quieten that down and just trust the flow. Like if you know where you're going with your presentation, trust that you have state, you know, everyone has so, if you're speaking on your area of expertise, you have so much you could share, not just what's your, your key points or the presentation you've, you've scripted for 20 minutes or an hour. You've got so much to share. Just have your bullet points and know that you can flow. Your brain's going to give you what you need to say, stories, metaphors. It will come up if you just release. That's a very long-winded thing to say about letting go. (laughs) Amazing, but it's a very deep topic, you know, and thank you for sharing that. I love the row, row, row your boat, you know. And what it reminds me of as well is, you know, when we're children, I believe we are more in touch. You know, we haven't been, of course, you know, we haven't got our heads are not so full of stuff, right? Because we haven't as yet learned these kind of programs or takes on some of our social programming, let's say. And, you know, I remember watching my nephew when he was learning to just go up and down a tiny step in his garden and he was going backwards, forwards. I want to try it sideways. And I'll go, and of course he'd fall over. He'd fall over. There'd be a bump, then a bit of tears, but no, he'd be want to, no, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. And he wasn't judging himself. He wasn't sitting there going, Oh no, I'm a failure. I'm a, yeah. He just was getting back up and I want to do this. I want to master getting up and down this step in every possible way I can. And uh, it was amazing. It was such a lesson to me watching him and so often as adults we can be so impatient either with children or with our own inner child that wants to do that wants to go over things and learn things and and just keep going like you say with the lion the lion's just going to go out and get another deer it's not going to go you know get into all this head stuff about it so it is when we let go then we're back in what I believe is like our innocence in the sense of inner sense you know uh, and that's what we have as children because we we haven't got that interference so much and but I believe it's still there and as you say when we quieten everything down the guidance is there what to do next what to say next and then the creative sparks can come through us can't they and that inspiration Yeah. yeah I really believe that when we release we kind of we're one with everything and that's where you're not just coming up with your wisdom, you're coming up with the wisdom of the universe. So it, it comes through you. Um, so I think when I think about it, I think, oh, if, you know, if you take on this concept, and for me, concepts, they're all made up. Yeah, I'd actually rather have the wisdom of the universe than just my own little wisdom. That 1% of 100 people is more powerful than 100% of yourself. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to have... 0.05% wisdom of the universe flowing through me. Yes, absolutely. And and that also comes from being with what's in the room. Um, like sometimes I've gone into like even choir rehearsals or whatever. And I thought, actually, what I've brought, I need to change because something different is in the room right now. And I need to meet people where they are. So mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe I need to be more playful that day or maybe I need to uh, honor maybe some everyone's feeling sad or maybe, you know, whatever. So um you know, that whole that it's a partnership with the audience, um, isn't it? And being spontaneous with what the audience. Um, do you have stories of fun things that have happened uh, to you? Well, yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> it, was, it was so fun. I remember I was doing a presentation and I had, um, I think I was talking about what makes someone a great speaker. So I had all these pictures uh, and they'd just turn over when I pressed the click, the PowerPoint, the picture would turn over in the person's name and what they were synonymous for, you know, Obama, passion, uh, or the pause. You know. and, and so I turned over the first one and I turned, I clicked and the second face turned over. And I said, oh, this is a bit like a game show. 
And the gentleman at the front row went, bring, when I turned it over. And I said, would you mind every time I clicked, make, make that noise because it's so cool. It really is like a game show. So he said, okay. So I did it and he went, bring. I did it and he went, bring. And then on about the fourth time, he went, bring. And he said, hmm, I feel like my credibility is going down every time I make that noise. And the whole room just burst out laughing. And I was like, okay. That's a fine. We could stop now. <laughs> I think it was, it was funny. It's so funny in the moment when you're there. Yes. And, and I think if you're scripted or if you're you're very inside your head, I'm not sure you just wouldn't have gone with um, with that. Um, plus, I think I, I do a lot of interactions with the audience. Obviously, now we're all on Zoom, so it's much easier as well than when you're in a room. But even when I was, you know, in person in a room. I would have people share, you know, what do you share hearing, blah, 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 blah. And just, oh my gosh, people just come out with the most amazing things, sometimes really hilarious. And it just allows everybody to laugh. And we want emotions. We want to feel emotions in a presentation. So that's one of our games as a presenter is to elicit emotions because that's why we go to the movies. That's why we cry when people sing certain songs or it has us happy because it's eliciting emotions and that's what uh, presenting does as well. That's why it's an art form. I just don't think people really see it like singing and acting. We know it's an art form, but when I say presenting is an art, people are like, oh, really? <laughs> yes. I can see totally. And it, it really, really is. And I've learned so much from you, um, you know, just being around you and, and watching and hearing, you know, just how much artistry and creativity and heartfelt you know uh wisdom you put into your work and and I've also just was thinking about that whole thing about how when you've been in workshops how I really one of your great gifts I think is to get everybody involved um so that everyone is in the conversation when it's, especially when it's solving a problem or solving you know and that's I think you've got a great gift for that of really drawing on what's in the room and what's in everybody there which is so important because then it becomes a shared shared experience and it does yeah. I'm running a TEDx um, program, a 12-week program to get people on the TED, TED Talk stage. And the idea is usually the hardest thing that people uh, work, have to work through because it really needs to be less than 15 words, um, really clear, specific. You know, you're really articulate with when I read that idea, I get it. Not mm, mm, Or uh, sometimes I, I hear people's ideas and I'm a bit meh. And then sometimes I'm like, ooh, shivers, you know. So, uh, uh, and doing it by yourself is really challenging, as we know, coming up with your messaging or anything by yourself. Even one-to-one, it's great. But I love group because we're in in our group on Tuesday and people were sharing their idea and, and, and just how to articulate it. And everyone was coming up with alternative suggestions that now they could go away and go, actually, I like that bit. I like that bit. So it was such a group um, contribution. It was really amazing. Yeah. That wonderful brainstorming and shared, shared supportive um, idea sharing. And then that helps people then craft down into, yeah, what do I really want to say? And what's really going to stand out? Absolutely. Mm. And um, where can people access that program if they want to come and be involved? Oh, right. Uh, So there's a landing page, which I'm sure you'll put the link there. I, I believe it's, yeah, you're going to catch it. I'm not sure where the link is, but I think it's mindspeak.uk 
stroke, mm, TED wait list or something like that. You can send it to me and we'll put it up. <laughs> yeah, but obviously they can keep in touch with me on social media and, um, you know, I have a resources. So first and foremost, you know, they might want to download a idea generation workbook. That's sometimes the first step. And so therefore they can find that at mindspeak, one word, academy.com stroke resources. And you'll find, you know, a few downloadable workbooks, virtual brand story and a TEDx idea generation. And then, yeah, we will keep in touch and I'll let you, well, the link I'm sure for the wait list will be underneath here. Wow, that's fantastic. And I know you're very generous. You, um, Elaine makes these beautiful resources. They're always absolutely stunningly produced and very generous, so much content. So um, really recommend people going and tapping into the resource page on your website and getting involved in your programs and um, because it's so empowering to what you're doing with everybody. And um, you touched on when you talked a little bit about um, earlier about the difference between zoom and being in person and I just wanted to pick up on that actually because how has it been for you you know this whole virtual world I know you've you know uh that that word pivot everyone's had to pivot but you know <laughs> how's it been for you yeah I love that word pivot it reminds every time someone says it, it reminds me of a uh, Chandler from friends when they're trying to put the settee do you remember that episode up the hall and he's going pivot 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 <laughs> No, you know. Now, if you would know it, if you'd seen it, because anyone who's seen that, as soon as we hear pivot, we think of Ross. Oh, it's Ross from Friends. Um, yeah, I think it's been fairly easy for, uh, I call, not just speakers, but people who get paid to speak. You know, they're at a certain level to pivot online. And, you know, it's pretty easy for me as well, because whether you're Instagram Live, Facebook, YouTube, now Clubhouse, we're using our voice. We know how to engage people. We know how to get them, you know, to, to take some action because that's part of it as well. The call to action. Um, so it's been really good. But in terms of uh, virtual, I really hadn't done much virtual pre-COVID. So jumping online and then delivering, I think it's that learning curve like everybody has gone through with, with anything. Um, and now I deliver at least once or twice a week. I deliver presentations for organizations. I do a lot in the government as well. There's a, an array of departments in the government, HMO, ministry, just so many. Um, but it was so funny because on Clubhouse, we had a room. I, I host room under the MindSpeak Academy in Clubhouse. And we had um, a, a room and it was virtual versus in-person like which one the battle is battle of virtual and and live in person and it was funny because at the beginning of the room uh you know six the the live in person had the vote that had the floor and I was definitely someone for virtual because I like live I really do love live because I can come down into the audience we can interact you know there's it's just a different energy but virtual everybody's got a front row seat I can see their name. I can connect with them on another level when I see their name. They respond. People can ask questions. So I really like virtual as well. So anyway, virtual did eventually win the wow. room. I think it was eight votes to five. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. 
Yeah, a couple of things came up why it won. One, um, you don't have to keep on flying or travel. So the travel is the downside that people don't think about when when they think of, oh, yeah, I want to be a paid speaker. Well, a lot of times you have to travel. (laughs) And the day before and, you know, flights and accommodation, all of that. So after a while, that, that is not novel. After a while, it's like, oh, it's, it's a long time to be on the train. And secondly, someone said about um, saving the environment because we're not flying around so much. And that just swayed about three of the people. They just went over to the other side. They're like, yeah, actually doing it, doing it for the environment is much better. But now people are doing hybrids. They're doing the two. That's right. We've all had to become very inventive. And it would be really interesting, isn't it? I wonder... I, spe- I suspect when we first all had to go virtual and we were all really pretty shocked about, about being locked down, obviously, and it was pretty traumatic for everyone at that early stage. I don't suppose anyone would have voted for virtual at that time. But now having gone through a year and a half of it and seeing that we've learned things and that there are benefits, especially, as you said, environmentally, I've and I really haven't missed, you know, the time spent commuting around and running around. Um, yeah, that's it's a really big thing to suddenly start factoring back into my life and how much time it takes, you know, as I start going out again. So, yeah, I really I really hear you on that. It's fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. Who'd have thought we'd be saying that, you know, and seeing that? <laughs> Amazing. It's an ongoing adventure, isn't it? And um, thank you for everything you've shared. Um, it's it's just, yeah, phenomenal. You've shared so many tips and, and it's phenomenal to hear about that you're um that the the virtual experience can be so positive and that's another it is, and again, it helps with mindset, doesn't it? It helps us get over the thinking that, oh, no, virtual this, virtual. You know, actually, it can be just as enriching. And we can have these amazing, like that we're having now, we're having this conversation now that then we can share with other people all over the world, potentially. That's amazing, isn't it, really? Yeah, I feel it's uh, virtual is an easy, uh, easier route into speaking than you suddenly being in front of an audience of 50, 80, 200 people and you bet, and you now need to deliver. It's, I think it's just a bit safer. You're in your home environment. Um, you can ask people to go to the chat box while you quickly check something. Um, whereas, yeah, when you're live and people are paying you, they'll pay you virtually as well. Um, on both cases, you need to really, really deliver. Uh, yeah. I'd say live is, is harder some people think virtual is harder. I think live is harder um, because, yeah, people's full focus is on you. Virtual, their focus could be a bit on their phone. It could be a bit on the emails. Yes. Whereas live, no one's really going to be looking at their phone too much. So it's all on you at the front of the room. <laughs> and the organizer sitting at the back looking at you. <laughs> yeah, there's no place to hide, is there? There's just you. And that's that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And and what are you looking forward to? Like if if we are, I know there's a big if at the moment, but if we are coming out, how do you see, what are you looking forward to and how do you see it going forward? It sounds to me like you're going to be doing a mixture and some hybrid and some live. And I know I've seen you doing some live in schools recently and things. So, but how how, how do you see yourself feeling your way out now? Yeah, I... As the, I think I have a live one in September. That's kind of my one of my first live ones that's been booked. Um, I haven't done hybrid yet, so that's that's going to be interesting because there's, I think there's from I'm always on Clubhouse, so come and find me. And 
you know, I speak to a lot to a guy called Fanzo and he does a lot of hybrids in the US. You know, QS is a big market with regards to presenting. And there's lots of things you have to factor of where the cameras are, which, you know, are you talking to the audience? Are you talking to the cameras or is the camera positioned as if you're talking to the audience? Um, you know, I think there's lots of things to work out with the hybrid. It's not as easy uh, as it looks, but I would feel for the event organizers, if anything, they can have more people attend because many people won't have to travel, which is a challenge. But that's why some people don't go to events because they have to travel and kids and all of that. So I think uh, it's the best of both worlds when hybrid really starts to take off. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, it can be inclusive as well of people that might have access issues or, or, yeah. or you know, m- might not be able to get around in the same way. So, yeah. Wow. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all transpires, isn't it, really? Or well, what's <laughs> next? Suddenly another curveball. <laughs> well, quite. Yeah, we just don't know, do we? We just don't no. know. So we just have to <clears throat> be in that place of let go and surrender, really, that we talked about. Yeah, Indeed. people are, people are, you know, when I do the mindset section, that, yeah, I can control the future. Like, really? <laughs> Brexit, coronavirus, do you really think we can? We, we feel we can and we do plan. And maybe some of the time it goes the way we want, but we cannot control the future because it's, it's always out there. It's tomorrow or the next day. So we can only control right now. Absolutely. Just one day at a time. That's been my mantra through this whole thing. One day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time, Katie. And if you wanted to leave people with one of your, I know you call them golden nuggets <laughs> of wisdom um, to go out on, you know, as we do go through this time, there is a lot of uncertainty and that is unsettling for people. And there is the, un- and and for those who perhaps are thinking after this, oh, I might try some public speaking, but they're still feeling, you know, what would be your your golden nugget for, for people n- navigating this time and perhaps thinking they might you know just go over the edge with some public speaking I would say uh, really get in touch with why your why like your heart center what is it that um that's driving you and if it's money that's fine it just just getting get and and I always saw money as is um it's a route to something is it a route to financial freedom is it a route to you know uh, not having to work again, but really get in touch with your why. You know, it might be to transform people's lives because you you have an area of expertise and you know it's going to make a huge difference. But it, it is your north star because I think in any industry, and this is it's like a billion dollar industry, the speaking industry, there are times where it's going to it's going to be hard, and you might want to give up or question why did I do this in the first place where you might do a presentation it really didn't go the way you wanted it to go Uh, but when you focus on something bigger than yourself like transforming you know that's why I like the TEDx as well because that is about an idea worth spreading it is about transforming a community a group of people or you know a society or the world and that's bigger than you that's you are just tiny little tiny tiny so find your why and make your why bigger than yourself and when you're invited to speak like set those intentions I'm going to deliver 
or I'm going to speak 10 times this year, or I'm going to train myself to deliver a speech or, you know, I work with people one-on-one and we do 12 sessions to get them out there with a really, you know, um, clear and powerful presentation that they feel confident to deliver to their specific audience. So get in touch with your why, know that you've gone through whatever you've gone through for a reason and part of that reason is possibly that you're there to make a huge difference in somebody else's life. They, they're waiting to hear from you. Just like someone on this, this listening to this podcast is waiting to hear from Katie or waiting to hear from me or Katie's guest. So you have something very unique inside of you and your voice is you were given a voice for a reason and a message. If you have a message and you have a story and yeah, go out and share it and really know that you'll make a huge difference, not only in somebody else's life, but it also makes a difference. It transforms you as well. Absolutely. Wow. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Know your why and share your voice from that amazing place of making a difference in the world. Wow. Wow. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that first attracted me to your work, Elaine, because I could see that your why shines through and that your commitment to really serving people and um, making a huge difference. And, you know, yeah, you're doing that. And it was, it shines through. And I'm sure many people listening, uh, again, please head over to mindspeakacademy.com to, to be part of Elaine's community because, just doing phenomenal work thank you so much thank you so much for coming to speak to us and share that with us and yeah I just want to echo that encouragement because that's really why I started this podcast was to say come on we can change our world with the voices with our voices and whether that's personally or for each other we can and it all starts with with ourselves and just just giving ourselves the the self-love and the self-encouragement to say yes you can do it and knowing that there's a big a big there can be a really big purpose for it and wonderful things can come of it. Beautiful, magical yeah. things. Thank you. And I also want to acknowledge you, Katie, for just being such a champion for other people. You're a, you're a huge example of what's possible. You gather, you gather choirs, you go into all these amazing places, you, you inspire people. You're an incredible energy source um, of positivity and what's possible in the world and yeah you know this podcast and all the things you're up to to get people to be healed as well through sharing their voice so yeah I really want to acknowledge you for everything you're doing and for having me on your podcast oh wow well it's just an honor thank you that you're here and you know and I think when you have people to walk alongside you on the journey um you know whether it's your trainers your mentors um your friends your family these people become the magic people in, in our lives and you're a magic person my last guest Naveen talked about that he was talking about everyone has magic people who like when you as you said earlier on where when you've decided something the right people show up at the right time and you showed up in my life a year ago and I'm really 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 so grateful um that you know you've been a magic person in my life and and that we can and you're being a magic pe- person to so many people and we can all be that magic person you know it could be just someone you're standing next to at the bus stop that you're a magic person for you just don't know so if we just all let ourselves um know our why and 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 express our why and and let the magic come through us surrender to it 
um it it can take us on all sorts of adventures can't it so thank you yeah. for affirming me and seeing me <laughs> thank you no I, my my pleasure I, I have a phrase i've started to use which is be unapologetically you just be you that's awesome that's so awesome yeah and i like that one oscar wilde said um just be you everybody else is taken <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah but absolutely unapologetically because who else can you be at the end of the day so yeah, yeah. well thank you for being you uh, elaine thank you so much for all the generosity and of the wisdom you've shared with us today and um yeah i will make sure your links are there for everybody to come and find your amazing resources and courses and get involved and thank you again for sharing your wisdom and thank you to everyone who's listened we really appreciate you tuning in and i'll be back again with another episode very soon but in the meantime i just want to say thank you again to my special guest elaine and uh, look forward to seeing the next part of the adventure <laughs> thank you thank you bye bye